0: Hello and welcome to Upward Way, I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is the preacher and teacher of the Herald Report Ministry, Pudzai Chikogora. Welcome to Upward Way.
1: Thank you very much, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm glad uh, to talk to you.
0: It's my pleasure just the same. And I, I know that as you share your story, those who listen will really be richly blessed. And so, without even delaying much further, I just want you to take me, I would say, to the beginning. Where and when did your faith journey begin?
1: Thank you very much, uh, Brother Marlon. And. Um... I was, uh, I was raised in a village. Basically, my father was a farmer, but my father was also a preacher. So I grew up at a farm with a preaching father, and then uh, I went to an Adventist school. Uh, that's when I, I made the decision to become a Seventh-day Adventist. I actually realized that um, God gave me quite a lot of different gifts. I could sing, I could do many things, but uh, I actually decided that uh, I will take the preaching gift. So when I started preaching, it was actually 1993 when I was uh, in Form Three. 1993-94, we go we go for youth camp meetings and uh, we we'll go and do some programs in the community. So we we'll preach and do witnessing. We we'll preach and do witnessing. So that was the beginning of uh, preaching. So I will safely say 94. 94 holiday, holiday of 94 in December, we started our, our first uh, youth. Meetings, which was basically an evangelism meeting, we started doing that. So the journey progressed from there until today. So we've just been improving and improving and improving and improving until today.
0: Sound as if you were just a child. I mean, not I wouldn't say a toddler, but you know, just a child when you, you know, got into preaching. So maybe, what was the source? You know, the nature of that inspiration. You did say that your father was a farmer and he also preached, but was it your father? Was it members of your community? What was the inspiration that got you into preaching?
1: I think what really inspired me more, it is because I went to an Adventist school and in Adventist school, there were quite a lot of clubs. So there was also a preaching club. So it was called an evangelism band. So I joined the evangelism band, and one of the things which was happening, they were being taught to write sermons and talk to people. So it's something which I liked, and it just developed in me until today that uh, I enjoy writing sermons, and then I enjoy sharing. So that was actually the beginning. There were quite a lot of options, but it seemed as if God just preserved me for this way, that, you know, this is your area. And then I just uh, worked and God helped me to develop it until today.
0: All right, wonderful. So that's a nice platform on which to start. So I I know you said it seemed to have been, you know, your half. So uh, we often hear individuals, you know, saying that God was leading me, God was calling me, you know. How does an individual Identify God's voice. let me get there first. you know, how do you first identify God's voice? And then if you identify God's voice, you know, how do you identify God's calling on your life?
1: Uh, that's a very interesting question, and then the answers varies with people, but one thing I've actually learned is uh, sometimes uh, there will be a circumstance, and then a circumstance will make you to seek God. A circumstance can actually help you to pray, even for God to show you something, God to reveal to you in a sign that this is how I should go. So you find that, you know, God speaks to us. I think uh, over the years, I'll say God has spoken to me several times. He has spoken to me through people. He has spoken to me through myself. He has spoken to me through his word. And he has said so many things. So I wouldn't say that, you know, there is one point, I would say this is the only thing. But I will safely say that, you know, over the years, there are times I prayed for a sign from God, and then God will give a sign. And then I will say to God, can you confirm it? And then he confirms. And I will say to him, please confirm it once more. And then he confirms until I'm without a shadow of a doubt that God is saying something.
0: That's good. As I hear you talk about that confirmation, uh, the story of Gideon, you know, readily comes to mind. And, you know, uh, as you also mentioned that, you know, it's the same sometimes, you know, with us as individuals. I I, I recall when I was maybe 18, 19, you know, I had some siblings, two siblings who were a bit younger than I was. And I would, you know, as a bigger brother, I would... Explain to them, you know, the need to do certain chores at home. And at first I thought, okay, by telling them once or twice, it was okay. But I realized over time that you have to be repeatedly, you know, reminding, reminding, reminding. And it got to a point where I didn't have to say anything anymore. You know, they understood what I was really saying, you know, and not only did they understand but they actually bought into the whole thing. And so after a while, you know, it was like automatic. So as you say, we need to get confirmation from God and he will address us in different ways. Now, back to the point I was going to yeah, make okay. about, you know, investment. We are encouraged oftentimes, you know, to invest in our educational development, maybe invest some money for a rainy day, etc. But sometimes the spiritual investment is not really encouraged. So how do you actively pursue your own spiritual growth, your own spiritual investment?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I actually realized that the best time for my life is uh, when I'm on my alone When I study the Bible for myself and I pray, and I think I just take time to meditate, that actually helps me. Uh, Over the years, in fact, over the time, I realized that um, sometimes you enjoy writing sermons and then it comes into you as something that is more or less like natural. But after preaching a sermon, you are still hungry. But if you spend time in prayer, in Bible study, personal with God, that actually helps you a lot and that's that's the spiritual aspect of it of course uh, when you are talking about investing that's uh, actually uh that that broad it also covered the other aspect of uh, looking after yourself in terms of how you keep yourself i've worked as a nurse for about 20 years i qualified as a nurse in 2002 of which i've worked more full-time for some years but since 2010 I left full time job because I was now pursuing two careers, preaching career, uh, preaching as a call and also nursing. And then until 2021. So in 2021, that's when I've actually decided to down my tools completely as a nurse. And then I just focus on preaching and um, we'll see how God leads. One of the things which I wanted to do is I said uh, to God, I think I should be an example of people that can leave their job and then you sustain them while they are preaching the gospel. So I left my job. I've literally left my job. It's not that I don't do anything. If you come to my house, you realize I've got a garden and I've got a garden. I work in my garden. I also have uh, some few other things in there which can actually generate income and uh, help my family. But uh, while I've generated all that income, It's not enough uh, to cover the whole budget of the things that we do as a family and as a ministry. And that actually I said, I leave this in the hands of God. I've done what I've done, but now the rest belongs to God.
0: You know, that's powerful. And I I love what you said. You left your, let's say, your full-time job. To take up another full-time job so it's not that you walked away from your job and say okay i'm going to be lazy i'm, I'm going to depend on persons take care of no, no, no. you're actually doing no, you know, no, as no, paul no. would say i use my hands yeah. to take care but of course in in a real sense you know if you leave from point a to point b then there has to be something you know to to really would say plug that gap so ju- just in case someone thinks that you know when person's going to full-time ministry they are becoming lazy or dependent on others that's not what our elder is saying here mm-hmm. he's saying i can hear god's calling saying you know go and he's answering i will go but at the same time we mm-hmm. have needs that needs to be taken care
1: of if i can just add
0: go ahead yes yeah, sure
1: to say you know when i started preaching in 2004 I work. And then I would take an annual leave. It was during my annual leave when I go for preaching. I would uh, work and then I accumulate uh, a bit. And then I go in preaching and I come again, I work. I'm a self-sponsored or a self-supporting minister in that I would work very hard. And then I'll break for about three weeks. I go for preaching. I'll go for an evangelistic campaign or I go for a key meeting. And then I'll come and then I'll work again. One thing which I noticed was that just before I go for evangelistical campaign, God will open a door, I will have a lot of work. So I work very much and I'll get quite a bit of money. And then I go. And when I come back, God will open the door, I will work, I will have lots of work. And then I actually realized that uh, during the time when I'm going to do the work of God, He provides more. When I come back, he provides more as well. And my aim was to be like Paul, who did not burden anyone, but he used his money to preach. So it was an agreement which we had with my family that we are going to put our resources in the work of God. And since then, it has been a blessing until today.
0: You put your money (laughs) where your mouth was. That's something, I want to really highlight, you know, because it is a thing where I I know there are other individuals who have that similar approach where they said, I want to be a a self-sustaining minister and I will put my resources. But there are some others who tend to take the other route where, okay, I I am the talent. And so sponsors should come in, which of course, sponsors will come in because if you're doing God's work, God will provide a way. But we must be willing yeah. to invest in that which we believe. Now so I'm gonna uh-huh. do, yes. I would say, a kind of a flip of the, you know, script, so to speak, because someone might be listening and say, "Oh yes, Kudzai is talking about, you know, all is wanting to preach and he's just painting the smooth path." But you know, was there ever a point where you didn't really want to do this or you were unsure? Or you said, God, you know, I know you're calling me, but I'm not ready.
1: I would say one of the things which uh, came into my mind was, uh, it was uh, around 2008, I think uh, I had a desire to be a pastor. I thought probably I was to be a pastor and then people will tell you that you are supposed to be a pastor, you are a pastor, you are a pastor. You know, people will tell you things which they will think that are important to you and they think that's the best. But um, I felt that was not the right thing. So what I did is I registered to train as a pastor. And then the first year I attempted to go, but uh, something stopped me right at then when I was just about to begin the class. And then um, I attempted again the year coming. It was then when I actually prayed again for a sign from God that is this the area that I need to go. And then um, I felt God says, no, that's not your area. And I lost the edge of becoming a pastor. So I didn't think about it at all. What I actually realized was that um, after I have done all that I did, I said to God, what's next in my life? I've been to school, I've achieved this, I've achieved this, but now what is the value and the meaning of life? So I don't have that dramatic way to say that, you know, I'd say, let me not do this. But I actually had a discussion with God and I was asking, so what do you want me to do now? I've been to school, I've achieved A, B, C, D, but this is not satisfactory. What's left? I was thinking of being a pastor, but this is not your call to me. And uh, I actually had a confirmation with someone that you are not a pastor, an evangelist you can be, but as for the pastor, that's not your area. So now what's left? I was actually convinced with the circumstances of life that, you know what, God has called me now to represent him as an evangelist.
0: Yeah. Amen. So we are all called to the gospel ministry. We don't necessarily have to all be, you know, the pastor but it doesn't prevent no, it, us it's a, from yeah. ministering. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now, in terms of, you know, challenges that comes way, that's one of the sad realities of life on this earth, you know, our lives are sometimes steeped, you know, in challenges. So what would have been maybe one or two of the greatest challenges that you would have faced, you know, throughout your life, whether as a youth or as an adult and also what would have been your strategy for overcoming that or those challenges?
1: As a young man who is growing, there's a competition of making money. Uh, There's a peer pressure from colleagues who seem to be doing well in life. And they have a desire to be like colleagues. There's pressure from the family as well. They expect you to do much more. They think that uh, you can actually compete with the world. They expect you to rise up to the occasion. There is actually a pressure from you as an individual, your desire as well. So I will say that uh, one of the things which were a pressure to me was what do people say, especially the family, what do they say? Was I able to make a decision for myself? So I think uh, after maturity with my wife, we managed to make this bold decision. That's how it was.
0: So then having, I would say a minister-minded spouse is also a critical thing for anyone. I'm gonna jump all um, n- not so much into the problem aspect, but you know, we are oftentimes grateful to individuals for you know the impact that they have made on our lives, but sometimes we don't get a chance or we don't stop to you know, say to this person, you have really impacted my life. So if there's one individual that you'd want to give God thanks for, you know, because of his or her impact on your life, who would this person be? And also why would you single out this individual?
1: You know, <laughs> the journey has been long. There are loads of people that have impacted my life. But I've got a friend in Romania. His name is Godfrey. Godfrey has lived a unique life. He is a carpentry and a teacher by trade. He left his carpentry and he became a minister. And he became a missionary in Romania. I learned quite a lot from him. He may not know this, but... uh, I observed his life and I observed his dependence and trust in God. And I actually realized that, you know what? People who believe in God, they will see the power of God. There are many people that have impacted my life from my father to some great preachers on the planet like Mark Finley and many other people. But in terms of missionary work, Uh, Godfrey has actually been a a great help and an inspiration in that God used him with nothing to have something and to have an impact in the entire country of Romania. You go everywhere in Romania, they will tell you of the black man called Godfrey who preaches the gospel. And uh, his life is a testimony of what it means to depend on God and what it means to live by the gospel. And if I will talk of people that have impacted me, that one is one of them.
0: That's special, you know, that he's not originally from there, but he has made, and he, he continues today to make an impact on the lives of the individuals. Now, this is something I always love to do when I have guests on, is for them to... Not just talk about their lives and just mention their ministry in a fleeting moment, but really to get some time to share. So, you are the voice <laughs> and face of you know the Herald Report ministry, and you have touched on a bit of you know what you do. But I would want for you to at this time you know tell the listeners you know about your webpage, you know what your ministry is really all about. What you do maybe on a daily or weekly basis, and if they would want to get in contact with you, how can they do that? Maybe for speaking appointments, anything? And equally important if they would want to donate to the ministry. So I, I'm just gonna stop talking and allow you to the sh- you know share of, <laughs> all about <laughs> your ministry yeah. and and th- there's no time cap on it, you know because as a minister,
1: Yeah, that's
0: okay. It's important for you to share. I I could tell, but it's always best to hear as we see from the horse's mouth.
1: Yeah, you know, in uh, 2019, in 2019, I was praying for a name of a ministry. And uh, basically this was specifically, if we are to record our videos, we put them on YouTube, we need a ministry. I thought of quite a lot of names, and it took a very good one year praying for the name until God gave us the name of the Herald Report. I'm, As I've said before, I'm an evangelist, and uh, I've traveled uh, many places, and uh, that which was driving me was evangelism. So I enjoy doing campaigns. I've done quite a lot of campaigns in life. But uh, I've also realized that God has given me uh, quite a lot of things. I can actually deal with several topics from family life. I can do family life. I can do prophecy. I can do doctrines. But what I actually developed passion on was prophecy. So as the Herald Report Ministry, we preach about three times a week. And uh, we have got, uh, for example, these days we are focusing on justification by faith. That's our message for almost every Sabbath. We focus on justification by faith. But on weekly days, we tend to focus on the fulfillment of prophecy. We focus on the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. And uh, for the past uh, three weeks until now, we are looking at these trending issues on LGBT. How do we relate to that? We are also looking at uh, what is happening in the church. So basically, I would say that we do preach regularly and we tend to enjoy the subject of the present truth. That's what drives us. That's what gives us wings. But now, in addition to that, since September, we started this radio program where we preach on radio every week. And the program, as I've said, it's called uh, The Great Controversy and the Present Truth. That's a theme. If you know this year, the book of the year is The Great Controversy. So we preach about The Great Controversy and also we distribute The Great Controversy. So like on Monday, we'll be going into the street to distribute The Great Controversy. We've got a speaker. So we've got this uh, speaker that will be, Uh, telling the world the message that we're sharing and then we'll be dishing the book. So Sunday program, five past nine about the Great Controversy and then we go and distribute the book. And in addition to that we also do devotions on the radio. This is the national radio, classic 260 radio here in Zimbabwe. We do the devotions every day at uh, 10 to 6 in the morning. So we've got these three things which are running concurrently. Our ministry, we are recording every week, three times a week. Radio ministry, national radio, classic 260 radio every Sunday at five past. And then every day, morning devotions, 10 to six. And then we are pushing all this. Our real dream, our real dream is to train people to preach the gospel. So we are hoping to establish the School of Prophets. We are praying that God will open a door for us and give us resources. And then we establish the School of Prophets. Now, the program that we are doing on radio, we pay about $1,200 US every month. And our plan is that we are going to run it for a very good one year. We have already gone September, October, November, December, January, February. We've gone six months now. We've managed to pay six months. And we are praying that God will provide us for the remaining six months. It has been a joy. It has been a privilege. There has been a lot of learning. One thing which I decided to do was that I've understood that uh, you only have today and you are to use today. You don't have tomorrow. So the moment we started our program in September, we were very honest with people of who we are and what we believe. We're very honest with people. We don't mean our words. We speak direct. And uh, I will safely say that, you know, the moment you begin to preach the gospel, there are lots of challenges that you experience. We experience a lot of challenge, especially in, Decem- in January. And to the extent that uh, we concluded that there is a problem. Indeed, there was. But... Uh, God is so merciful. These challenges seem to be over for now, and we are still moving with the gospel. You know, you know, it's a joy when you listen uh, when people call you, telling you, appreciating the message. When people calling you, asking you where the church is, that may they may go to the church. So I will say that you know, the message has made some serious inroads, and the message is growing and the time is limited, and we are trying by all means that we use the time that we have with the resources which God blesses us. I don't have much money. In fact, let me not say I don't have much money. I don't have money. Uh, When we started this ministry, before I left England, I prayed that, you know, when I go back to Zimbabwe, Lord, I want to start a ministry. I budgeted some money. I had about 2,000-something pounds. So as I arrived in Zimbabwe, I converted the garage into a studio. So I used much of the money I had. And then I built a shed. Initially, people were worshipping in the garage. That was my garage. i offered it for people to worship. So I said, now I need to use the garage as a studio. So I had to build a shed for the congregation. So there's a church that is worshipped uh, here. They worship here at my house. So I built a shed for them uh, with the help of one of my sisters and a brother. And then I took some of that money which I had, and then I converted the garage into a studio. So when I finished, after converting the garage into the studio, the money was finished. So I couldn't think of the radio. So something funny happened that uh, I drove into town. I met a gentleman who gave me a projector. I was preaching. I was doing a campaign for two weeks. Was it two weeks for one week? And then he came for the campaign first day, second day, third day, fourth day. Didn't know that he was also following my presentation on YouTube. And then one day when I returned his material, he said, Mr. Gogo, I want to talk to you. Wait. So I waited and then he arrived and said, listen, my brother, sometimes God blesses me. Do you mind if we can actually begin a program together? You preach on radio and then I'll look for the money. And I said, praise the Lord. This is what I've prayed for and I'm going to do that. So that's how we started on the radio and we're progressing. There are times that there is money. There are times when there is no money. When there is no money, I've always gone to the uh, people, especially on the Herald report, and I announced to people, please help us. We want to continue with this program. And uh, there are people who have been very faithful. They have helped us, and they are still helping us, and we are continuing. So basically what it is, it's we depend upon help that we get from all over to ensure that the gospel can move. So when I've got money myself, I also put the money. My family, as a family, we put money in it and then we just progress. So, this is how we are operating. And you find that, you know, our operation, when we started the Herald Report, uh, we started putting videos on YouTube. And uh, I didn't know how to edit. Until today, I don't know how to edit. So, there was a gentleman we engaged And this gentleman was charging us about $30 a video. So, he did the first one and he did the second one. So, I said, well, This is not sustainable. My son, at that time, he was about 13. He sat on the computer, and then he just went, and say, yes, I can do this. And then at about 13, he started editing. And now, since that day, on our third video, we have not had anyone to edit. My son does that, and his skill is actually grown. Now he can actually do quite a lot of things. He just look at the program or he looks at the computer and then he just does that. So the rest of everything which we do, we do it as a family. My son edits, another one does the video. But now because my, my kids are in school, I've also mastered the art. I do videos by myself. So I do all the taking of videos by myself. And then when my son comes, he just does a bit of editing, just a little bit of editing, because we use uh, a, a, a black magic. You know, there's this thing called, uh, I'll show you, you see this thing. That's what we use. So that allows us to edit even in our in one hour video. We can edit within 15 minutes, we'll be done. So I just do the recording, and then uh, my son will come and sort it out. And then we, we upload it on YouTube, and then uh, everything is gone. So that's what we do at the moment. In fact, uh, God, in his mercy and love, he gave me a family uh, which can cooperate and work together. And then he gave a skill to my son, which uh, I'm ever grateful that, you know, were it not for my son, we will not have achieved what we have achieved. And But God allowed all the skills to be in my house, and uh, it... A minimum cost, rather. Probably, let me say that you know, yeah, at a minimum cost. In that, I would have been paying someone to do this, but God has made it that no, you can have the capability in your house. So we work together as a family. We deliver this gospel, and this is where we are. And um, it's very important for me to mention that you know, while we are working, we also work in our in our yard. We've got a small place where we produce vegetables. But in addition to that, we have got a farm. My father left a farm for us. And in our farm, we also keep some animals for a rainy day. We keep some animals. And sometimes we also try to do more farming to ensure that at least that enhances. In addition to that, we produce, we provide our services. And then sometimes that actually gives us a bit of return. So we are very busy. But what we do more than anything else is I spend much time in preaching the gospel more than anything else. And, you know, with the preaching of the gospel, you don't just wake up to preach. You have to plan. You have to prepare. You have to think. You have to meditate. And that all needs time. So during the week, we record, we put things on the system. On Sabbath, mostly I travel the churches. I go to preach around the churches. So I preach here at my church. I go to other churches and I preach. And one of the dreams I have, and this is the prayer I'm offering to God I know I'm preaching on radio. I know I'm preaching on YouTube. But I want to go to preach in Sunday churches. Walking into Sunday churches, I preach in Sunday churches. I've done it before for a very good one year I was preaching to the methodist people in England but now I want to have that opportunity where I can just go and preach to these people and come back so in a nutshell this is uh, what the herald report is doing fully engaged in the preaching of the gospel focusing on present truth sharing the gospel all over the world traveling when time permits and also online Thank you.
0: Amen. I that was a good report, but you left off one thing, you know, how do they find you? Maybe, do you have a website? Ha. Ah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, if you want to find us, all our videos, we have got our information on the description box, which is, uh, uh, which there's an email, there's a phone number. Our phone number, you can only get us on WhatsApp because I'm not in England. So you can only get us on WhatsApp. But in addition to that, we've got our our website. Our website doesn't have much information, but it gives you a description of who we are and what we are doing. So if you go www.theheraldreport.org, you will find us. It also shows you my family, the five of us, my three children, my wife, and myself. And that actually defines our vision. Uh, we carried that vision since last year we still have the same vision today and we are still progressing and also over here in zimbabwe you can find me on uh, my local telephone number you can actually call me on plus 263 uh, 4251 but the easiest also will be uh, a whatsapp is very easy and also an email, it's, uh, it's quite easy as well. On our website, our email is there. You can just get hold of us and uh, you will definitely appreciate. I actually, over the years, I've come to realize this. There are things which I can do good, but there are other things which others can do much better. And, you know, as Paul gave us an allegory in 1 Corinthians chapter thirteen, uh, chapter 12, one is a hand, one is a leg, one is an eye, one is an ear. And when there is a coordination of all these different parts of the body, everything will, walk, will go smoothly, even in the gospel as well. The gospel is about unity. When we are united and we are sharing the same vision, we are going to achieve more. But if you are working on your own, you may progress, but you don't go very far because the, the one who, who called them, he, he sent them two by two. We need the assistance of one another. And as a church, we all have different gifts. And as we work together, God will help us to see the success in what we are doing.
0: Amen. It's all about together. Now, there's a question I was itching to ask, which you answered when you talk about we, because I was going to say, who are the persons who are members of your team? But you have answered, it's all about family. Mm. But then there's another question, you know, it can sound tricky, but, you know, how do you maintain balance in your life, you know? And I want you to answer twofold, right? So balance in the sense yeah. of, you know, being able to manage ministry, manage family, and also manage, you know, the farming work. So that, that's one aspect of balance. But the second aspect uh-huh. of balance, you know, how do you, balance having disappointments, setbacks because you did mention that you know there were a few hurdles you had to overcome so i would want you to answer you know how do you maintain balance from those two perspectives one of having you know disappointments yeah. or challenges with ministry and then of course balancing family time and mm-hmm. all of that with ministry time
1: let me actually start by saying ministry is a real challenge And you don't meet challenge mostly from outside. You meet challenge from within. One of the things which I've learned is that uh, I operate from within the church. And uh, I depend on my colleagues in the church. Uh, I've been an elder until December. That's when I've left uh, being an elder in the Oxford church. That has actually helped a lot. In church, you discover that there are quite a lot of people with very brilliant ideas. When they know what you are doing, when they develop an interest, they can help you on how to manage some things that you don't even know. They can actually help you to understand problems before they come. So I actually realized that uh, having friends, especially of the brethren, we have got the same vision with you, is key. I also have my colleagues, uh, very close friends, my three friends. We sometimes meet to discuss. We help one another with ideas. We help one another with managing things. Now, the Bible is very clear that uh, my responsibility as a father is my family first and the rest of the things will come last. The first thing that I need to do is to ensure that there is a provision for my family. There is a roof over the head of my family. My kids have gone to school. That's my primary work. My secondary work is then preaching the gospel. So now, it means 100% I cannot be preaching the gospel. I also have to do these things which are very important. I'm the father, uh, so I have to take my kids to school. And then uh, right now, soon after this interview, I'll be going to take them back from school. And I have to make sure that I'm home with them. It's key. After I've preached, there should be food on the table. So I need to make sure that I have to devise a way that they could be food on the table. The school fees are paid. However, with preaching, I don't necessarily have to sit down and plan the sermon and preach it straight away. I can take even three weeks just planning, taking one puzzle, you put it on the side, take another puzzle, you put it on the side, take another puzzle, you put it on the side. And then Friday, that's our preaching day, we preach and then we upload. Sunday, that's our family day, we spend time as a family doing the things that we do. Sabbath is a rest day, but sometimes we go to preach. So we just go as a family. So we actually tend to have the time, the family time from Friday, Sabbath, and Sunday. We are together. We are at home. And then during the week, kids are going to school. So when kids are in school like this, that's when I have time. When kids are back, then I have to play with the kids. So basically, I'm just, we are just working around each other that at least now they're in school, I have good time. When they are not in school, I need to have their attention. That's what I'm attempting to balance things. And then uh, same applies. My wife, has to be, she'll be busy doing some things as well for the sake of the children. And then we come together for advice, sometimes for sharing and sometimes for critical analysis of the work that we have done as a family. And then we'll see how we can improve.
0: Amen. Amen. That is about balance. I'm just going to toss one final question at you today. I know you have shared, you know, the overarching vision that, you know, you have for the ministry. But, you know, even with that, sometimes there is, we'd say, something that, you know, is kind of like, you know, you're itching to do. So maybe if you could. Add one element, you know, to the ministry that you are doing, maybe in the shortest sense, you know, what would that be? And maybe, you know, who would that serve? I know you mentioned about wanting to get a chance to go to non-Adventist churches to preach. So even if that is what you will share again, no problem. But if there's an, a new element that you'd want to add to ministry or even family life, you know, what would that be? And then, you know, who would that element be most beneficial to
1: you know i don't know whether i'll answer the right question but if there's one thing that i i'm doing at the moment because of the radio ministry we are doing uh, this the station that i preach to it's a station mostly for mature people learned people uh critical thinkers and i say to myself if god will give me wisdom to reach the unchurched and to reach those people to be able to reason and convince the skeptics of the goodness of God. If I will be able to reach the unreachable, that would be the greatest blessing God would have given me at that time. That's, that's my prayer and hope that I uh, will be able to reduce, not reduce myself, but I will be able to meet people at their level regardless who they are and where they are, whether in the high or on the low Christ, let me be able to be like Paul. To the Jews, let me be like a Jew. To the Gentiles, let me be like a Jew, like the Gentiles. And in all that so that I can win them to Christ. I think that's uh, that's uh, that's that's something that could enhance the ministry work that we do better, being able to get people at their level.
0: Amen. Sounds like a very good plan. And we trust God, you know, to take care of those plans because usually your plans are really his plans. So he's the one who would have put that in your heart. And so he will provide a way for that to really take place. We want to say thanks to our guest today, Kudzai Chikogora. He is the preacher and teacher of the herald report ministry and as he has shared earlier or as he has been sharing this ministry is not about himself it's a team and we give God thanks that this team you know his family are very much involved so we want to say thanks for taking the time to share your story with us but as is customary before we go do you have any parting words to share with our listeners
1: yeah my parting words, I would want to say that um, what we see happening in the world, we see a confederacy of uh, the powers of evil. We see that the world is now preparing for the final, for the final uh, events. We see the challenges are mounting, and we see that uh, the terrain is no longer the same. And if there's something that we need to do, especially at this time, is to make our calling and election sure. We don't have much time in this world. One of my prayers is that, you know, I'm hoping that God will come very soon. God will come very soon. But before the return of Jesus Christ, we need to do the work that we are supposed to do. It's in preparing others. that we are also prepared for salvation. In fact, it's like when you are washing with your hands, the moment you begin to wash dirty clothes with your hands, your hands get clean while your clothes are also being cleaned. So the process of sanctification needs our involvement, needs our togetherness, needs our cooperation with God so that we can be sanctified while others are being sanctified and will be fitted for salvation. So may the Lord bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: May the Lord bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been tuned to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. Do subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Lord Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcome to visit Upward Way Facebook page. Click like and leave a comment. Until then, I am Marlon Walters saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to The Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.